Hey friends, it's your Deaf Sentence. So, if you're a very long-time listener, you'll know that my first ever interview was with uh, Vic and KW out of the band Vile Creature, uh, a very, very good Doom act out of uh, Ontario. And they are on a kind of European tour at the moment, so I got the chance to uh, hang out with them before their show in Manchester and just shoot the shit and just, um, yeah, just, just chat, just regular folks chatting it up. Uh, so we did record this in a bar, so the audio quality, not great, but, uh, otherwise, um, yeah, we got, it's just regular folks talking in a pub, um, and talking about some interesting stuff like what they're doing in the future, that their involvement in the Black Flags over Brooklyn Festival. Uh, which I want to go to, so, um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, so, forgive the audio quality, but it's, uh, it's a fun little convo, and, um, we even has some walking guests at, at certain points, so, yeah, uh, check it out. Hello, hello. Yep. Yeah. It's Did you get the levels. Yeah. Go, go, go. Hello. This is Vic. Okay. This is probably. Is this gonna be loud uh, enough? I reckon okay. so. Yeah. Let's let's say crank up the. Yeah. Music there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Cha cha cha. Okay. You don't get to do the intro, by the way. That's my job. That's yeah. The intro is just some nonsense. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, I've got one hand, so I can totally use the other hand for, uh, for Maybe I can put it on the bed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, cider, actually. I'm, I'm classy. Cider? Oh, yeah. Sweet. I'm, I'm classy and celiac. <laughs> so, uh... Is there any good gluten-free beers? Uh, no. It's, it's kind of like vegan cheese. It's there literally is. impossible to make yeah. good... No, What's like the best vegan cheese in um, oh, the UK? I don't even know the name because I tried it once and I'm just like, no. Da- do you guys have Daya? No, we don't actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. Daya is not terrible. The spread tastes like white chocolate for some reason. Oh, the cream cheese? Yeah, the cream oh, cheese. Oh, the fucking yeah. cream cheese is disgusting. I know. I hate it so much. Why does it exist? <laughs> Vegans run a vegan bakery, right? Yeah, KW and I, um, we opened up this place called Coven mm-hmm. and six months ago. Like, we opened it, but we were we were getting it ready since, I think, like, December. Uh, we moved from, let's see, Catherine's to Hamilton, Ontario. And um, we were doing Rescue Dogs, which is a vegan hot dog cart. And that was, awesome. like, you know, mostly, mostly events, vegan events vegan fest, things like that, and that was going really well. We wanted to do a brick-and-mortar thing for a bunch of reasons. Mostly because KW got a lot of vitriol being on a street corner, um, and we loved we loved doing it in St. Catharines. It was good for the most part, uh, but festivals and other events were much better for us. Um, yeah. I guess if people are listening out there, it's just like, yeah, putting yourself out there and mark like just like being open to the idea of not eating meat threatens a lot of people, especially men. It's like a yeah. It's like a beacon of hate. Like you put yourself out there and men get threatened, and it's definitely tied you to masculinity. Wow, I know there was recently a a person wrote to a, um, a magazine in this country just saying. Hey, I just want to pitch you guys an article about some good vegan food I found. And she got this like message back from the editor of the magazine. It was like a respected guy saying, Yeah, why don't we do an um, article about killing vegans and how to cook them? He got, Sounds great. He got fired, but. Uh, For that? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's... Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. rare. People can be really hateful. And don't get me wrong, vegans, vegan culture has a lot of problems too. 
it's definitely steeped in a lot of like white supremacy and like a lot of people don't think about intersectionality and um, how like they're approaching things, you know, like using really graphic imagery to um, uh, get their point across. And I think that, you know, like you see a lot of people who do a lot of campaigns and sometimes it can be effective, but it's hard to know how much like certain outreach is gonna work when you're like, doing anti-fur protests and you you have like really graphic signs of like coyotes being massacred for example for the fur trade um but then you see a lot of um fetus porn stuff where like anti-abortion people oh, have like yeah. those big giant signs and i thought about this years ago it's just like you're using these really graphic images and like i don't care like it doesn't affect me it's just like their presence effect like affects me um but like putting that image into the world is like it could be really triggering to some people to like see that kind of violence that's why it's called fetus porn so i don't really agree with the tactics of like using really like graphic imagery even though it's true and like obviously there's a difference between you know um like animals truly dying and like fetuses being aborted um yeah it's controversial obviously i don't want to get into that i don't want to get into that that's World. cool that's cool what were you talking about oh vegans, vegans and yeah. um yeah just I, I had some friends in sociology who like were really studying the uh, correlation between veganism and like people trying to figure out their like masculinity because i think that a lot of men um like when they're going down that road it's a lot of pushback against new ideas of you know like compassion and empathy because people aren't like men are socialized to like connect with those definitely oh totally totally 100% although there are now nazi vegans so um yeah plenty of those online too oh yeah no i think i'm overestimating their numbers just because when you see a nazi vegan that sticks in your head when you see a regular vegan that's just a vegan but, yeah, uh, it uh, it definitely reminds me of people who are like extreme hardline, where they're just like, um, the uh, the life isn't so precious. Therefore, like I'm I'm pro life, and um, that is kind of a messed up approach. I think when you're not like looking at people like animals agency, that's where the compassion comes from. Where you're like trying to understand that like they are sentient beings and deserve you know life therefore like you can't be pro like because you need to um understand that like people who have reproductive like people should have reproductive autonomy over their own bodies and uh yeah it's just like something like but yeah not to vegans that's that's a whole fucked up thing yeah i'm sure they feel really good about themselves yeah but uh that kind of almost brings me to a really cool thing you guys are doing, which is you guys are going to be at um, the Black Flags Over Brooklyn Festival next year, right? Fuck yeah! That's gonna oh be, my god, that's going to be so awesome. Um, Don Rain is is coming over. Yeah. Um, when are you publishing this? Tomorrowish. Oh, okay. So you can't like. I can't say. Anything for it. Okay. Um, okay, I'll be off the record. If oh. there's anyone, like, is there anyone, like, super cool that's, that's gonna be there? But tell me off the record. Maybe. I don't know the whole lineup, but I'm excited. Because um, I think you, you follow Kim on Twitter. You're yeah, pretty active we, on it. Yeah, we've yeah. talked a lot. But, uh, from, okay. from what I understand, she was just like, I want to do a black metal fest. And then I think a couple people reached out to her, and then it was like a thing. Which, like, I really admire that about people where they're just like, let's do this thing. And then they, you know, like, get some, like, they have resources and people to help, and it, it becomes a reality. So, yeah. I want to destroy fascism. Let's put it on a show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those I things are. I tweets for that, like, a couple of months ago now, it feels. Although, yeah. I think 2018 time doesn't work like regular year time. So, it could be like six months ago. But, um, yeah. Yeah, she's like, just. Bring this thing together now. There's like, yeah, Dawn Raider just buying out of that from Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool um, I guess they're on their own tour. We, we miss them, um, I guess, for the time that we're over here. Um, I'm excited to meet them. They seem like, they seem really serious, like maybe over the internet, but like, I'm sure they have 
Oh, they're very serious when it comes to like their like their politics, and that's admirable. But I'm sure they're they're goofy and they're oh, yeah. they're the, the scouts. They definitely they they will be up for that. Oh, yeah. And you got, uh, what else you got? Um, Regana. Yeah, oh, I fucking love those guys. But uh, yeah, Regana, um, White Phosphorus, which is two thirds of Net Big Death Camp. Friends of the show. Are they, where are they from? All over America. Oh. Okay. They kind of met online, so they're. Yeah. I mean. US, that's what you're in I actually the trauma is so. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they kind of met on Facebook, I think. It was on some like um, black metal shit posting for the teens group. <laughs> wow, for yeah. meme for teens. It was like uh, a meme. Yeah, it was like one of those like meme groups you get on Facebook. You just like post memes each other all day. Yeah. Wow, and meme on the internet has actually brought people together. Yeah, it's posted to my us. So yeah, they they met on there, and uh, there's been a whole thing. Also, the loveliest people, and for some reason they wore um, balaclavas while being interviewed for a podcast. So <laughs> you know, it's just normal, normal guys. But uh, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I I am seriously considering a trip to Brooklyn to see that show. Uh, may happen, but um, have you been to the states? Uh, I, well, I live in Canada, obviously, but um, I've been to Manhattan for eight hours on a flight stopover. I got to go to a gluten-free pizza restaurant, and not much else. Was it good? It's gluten-free pizza. Yeah. It doesn't make me throw up, but it's not good. How often does stuff make you throw up? If I eat it? If it has gluten, or if it's um, gluten-free? Oh, if it's, if it's glutinous. Oh yeah, but uh, actually no, no, I'm getting better. It's not that bad. How do you how do you feel about being grouped in with a really annoying group of people in the world? Gluten free people. Well, white people? Oh no, gluten free people. Gluten free. Sorry <laughs> if anyone's out there who's like into gluten freeness, but um, some of our customers are really annoying. I'm sure none of them want to hear this. Well, that, that was like a big thing in like maybe 2015. I think it's petered out now. I honestly or, or think it's it. super fad. It's a super fad, and really? I hope it dies. Well, it's still but going. you, you see that people legit. Yeah. Um, but everyone else, um, eat some gluten, motherfuckers. It doesn't do anything unless you've got weird stomach bacteria. Fucking bacteria. I know, right? Millions of them, and they're all bad. Um, but yeah, what, what have you guys been up to since uh, we spoke last? Apart from like opening a business, going on a blog tour. We talked last. We were. It's probably in the midst of opening up our business. Yeah, oh, it was like just before you put out uh, Cast of Smoke and Smoke. Cast of Smoke and Smoke. Cast. Smoke and Flame. Smoke and Flame. That's not what it's called. It's not. I know it's Cast of Smoke and Smoke. No? Yeah, I, I actually veto a. There's a moratorium of what it actually is called. It's oh. actually going to be called Castle Smoke and Smoke. That's perfect, thank you. Yeah, I, see, I'm not stupid. I know things, even though I was literally listening to it like an hour ago. <laughs> so. uh, Castle Static is called Static. Close. Static because robots, yes. And for those of you who don't know, that was a really, really good record. It was a sci fi concept album. And it was really awesome, came out last year, and you should probably listen to it if you haven't already. But uh, yeah, what have you guys been up to since then? Um, we've been playing for Vile Preacher to start. Um, we haven't really been doing a lot. Um, we recorded, and then we put out the record. And <laughs> we've been playing like minimal shows, you know. Uh, with opening the business, that's become our main priority. Um, we try to have time to like write, but you know, I think we need a little break. Um, you know, when you're doing a bunch of projects, it's good to. It's honestly you need like the passion and like the motivation to do things. So sometimes things go on the back burner, and um, you know, uh, we have plans to do a few more shows, and then I think. Once uh, Black Flags Over Brooklyn is over, 
we're going to like really hunker down and, and not do any shows for uh, at least some of the year until we write a new record. And uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much it for about future. So new stuff on the horizon is kind of uh, daunting to me in a way because uh, last time we wrote, or like the last record we wrote, I think I cried like every every band practice. Just to be oh, honest, it's just like um, hard. It's hard. Yeah, and like just get in the creating creating out of thin air is interesting. Um, I'm still a, like a beginner drummer, I would think. Um, I'm not like gonna downplay like my my achievements and shit, I guess. Um, but you know, writing with people, even though it's just one other person for us, um, it just—it's hard to communicate properly when someone is like has a language of like being a guitarist, and I like I don't understand like how his ear works necessarily to be like this is what I think we should do, and you know, it's just it's just hard to like connect with that way, and sometimes my frustration ends up in tears, so. Um, but it was it's positive for the most part. Once we get like parts down, it becomes to, it becomes fun, fun, which is the whole point of you know doing the art and, and music. You should be you know getting joy from it. Otherwise, you're just kind of like communist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's was the definition of communism in the manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no fun. That. Uh, yeah, so what we've been doing, we opened Coven, we've been doing that for six months. It's basically just KW and I and a couple other like part time employees. And, uh, you know, I do kitchen work and it's been really satisfying to like channel my creativity that way. It is a lot of work just because, like, you know, people have been supporting us and it's been super. Um, well received in the community and that's just been keeping us super busy and that's kind of all we can hope for um, but just like the plan is to like hire more people so um, getting ready to go on this tour for a week and a half was like a little bit daunting because we had to work we're open a few days um, so you know like a new business it's, it's hard to step away from it even for like a few days I've started a business myself back in Calgary and it's hard as hell you're never not to do it. So I can imagine like six months in doing a like across the sea, leaving it there. That's it's like leaving a baby at home. Yeah, yeah it's the baby is um, not self sufficient yet, um, but people could take care of it. Um, yeah. But it's not gonna kill itself. That's that's a good thing. It's not gonna drown in a bucket. It's not gonna fall downstairs. Yes, it's a store. No, yeah. Yeah. Just like person plays. No, it won't. Get won't broken into the. Yeah. Well, like, the store can't get stolen, but a baby can get stolen. <laughs> yeah. A store could be burnt, and a baby could be burnt. Cool. Yeah. My son's at home. I'm scared now. I'm gonna call him. Yeah, gotta call him. Yeah. No, I'm. Are you Are you okay? How old is your kid? Two and a half. Yeah. So he's he's fine by himself. His mum's not This is just when you talk to us about um, your new parenting skills. Sorry. Your your parenting skills involve just like putting them alone and just like seeing how they do. He is free of obviously put him in front of his TV. He's fine. Like, I probably could go to the shops and come back if he was in front of full control. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty terrible parent, but uh, so am I, so I'm I turned out perfect, so, yeah. But, um, enough about my borderline uh, child abuse. And, um, yeah, so, how did this talk come about? Why did you, like, wanna, this is your first, like, international tour right i guess u.s yeah besides the u.s yep yeah we uh wanted to we just wanted to be like um jared uh Fritton, you know jared what jared Fritton. oh God. Yes. yeah we wanted to like have that like not notch in our belt of like oh, just, he's so like, fucking 
I, I really wish I could have caught that before he came to Manchester. Cause before he got famous? I, do, I would like to know, just like the day before he played Manchester, just so I could like cancel my plans, get a babysitter, run up here, and be like the one guy in the audience, and just like try to get an interview with the guy. I don't know what it's going through his brain. You want to know what what he's thinking about before he's defending himself? Yeah. I, I want, yeah, I want access to his brain. I want to be like, you ever see that film, uh, The Disaster Artist? I want to be like, uh, what's his name? Younger Franco. Tommy Wiseau? No, the, the younger Franco brother's character in the other thing. I want to like, go on tour with Jared Quentin. Just get inside that head of his and then find out what makes a person do that. Because he is very much the Tommy Wiseau Yeah, the psychology behind it is really interesting. Um, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but like maybe a mix of narcissism and like uh, some kind of acute twenty first century poisoning. Sorry. Acute twenty first century poisoning. Just yep. being way too much in the twenty first century. Too much lead poisoning. Um, yeah, the UK was on our docket, and we, we reached out to a few bands, um, and nothing really panned out. So Tanya and Bismuth was uh, fucking solid on booking the shows, and she was doing a really good job on that. It's, it's reality here. That's awesome. It's kind of when I left Canada, I was kind of designed to not see a bunch of bands I wanted to. And you're obviously on that list, so... You lived in Calgary for how long? Five years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I figured you'd probably end up there after a while, but that came up here, it's like... Yeah, we haven't even been out that way in Canada. We would like to, but it's a god-awful drive. Oh, yeah, I guess. Unless you have, like... I don't, I don't really... I would like to see all the landscape and, you know, maybe dip beautiful. down and see some national parks in, in America. Um, it's just kind of, I, I would just sleep a lot. Well, it's an excellent place to nap. Don't get me wrong, especially this time of year, where you can just like go inside, curl up, it's minus 50 outside. Yeah. It's literally cold on the Mars. Does everyone in the UK love being cold all the time? No, but That's what uh, I gather. Uh, no, I don't think we really like ourselves too much, and um, we shouldn't, because an objective observer of Earth's history would conclude that the British were doing things. I mean, we have done terrible things and been instigated even more terrible things. And we keep doing it. And now we're destroying our own country for no particular reason. So, through generations of being warmongers and colonizers, uh, the, the new generations have manifested like self hate. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, we deserve it for another, at least another 400 generations. That's like a really interesting um, like punishment. Yeah, just but, like, very biblical. Like, your same generations are going to hate themselves and want to be cold and have terrible food. But like a no slow burning, a slow burning, like biblical curse? Yeah, slow burning biblical curse is that like everyone slowly dies off after generations of depression and just like... Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it for the UK. It's just, uh. This is how we do it. <laughs> don't. I'm sharing my national guilt. I'm bearing my, the, the soul of my nation. <laughs> I don't need to. I even remember who sung that song. Who was that? This is how we do it? It's like. Um... No, it's gone. But, uh, yeah, I. I we were psychologically, we're a very uh, complex and dark nation. I can see why there's bands like the Smith and Moloch and people here. They're definitely more terrifyingly depraved doom bands in the UK than there are in uh, Canada. You think so? 
any bands that you've been listening to that are like, well, really I mean, like awesome? Black Sabbath, we did kind of event yeah. whole genre. And uh, yeah, that is, we, do, we do have and always have had a thriving metal scene because places like Manchester are just ripe for it. This whole part of the world just has so many more bands than like the Black Sabbaths and uh, Federals and Godfleshes of the world. Um, even by the town I live in, I walk to work every day past the um, house where Ian Curtis from Joy Division hung himself. Just, and I can see why, because that's really bleak. Oh boy, yeah. Everywhere, everywhere shut down. There's just rows and rows of identical brown brick houses. It's exactly the place that would produce Joy Division. All the factories are closed. Just, yeah, it's Joy Division country. What's, uh, oh yeah, what's uh, what's it like in Ontario? Um, it's pretty populous. There's a lot of people. I mean, not like a ton, but in, in the, the most amount in Canada. Um, yeah, we live in a steel city, and it's pretty grimy and it's lovely. What about, uh, is it like Doug Ford's, like, the, the premiere, or, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, he your... was elected, uh, oh, yeah, I, I heard that, that's, I'm very sorry, yeah. that's really, uh... there's been a lot of shit so far, yeah. well, you got, you got weed, so, you know, that's, uh, you got weed, we don't have weed, we have it. I heard it's really shitty here. Oh yeah, we, we have like cheap hash. Yeah, we get these little blocks about this big, of like 20 quid. Yeah, people still do hot knives here? No, we just like crumble a, a little bit of crap hash into a, a cigarette paper, put in a bit of tobacco and smoke that. That was my youth. At the skate park. <laughs> Never once stepped on a skateboard, but did smoke my body weight in really terrible hash. Without even getting like appreciably high. I think like 90% of what I was feeling was just tobacco, but uh. And I'm making like, a placebo. Oh, definitely not. I'm just like. Effect, yeah. I'm high. I'm at a skate park. I'm 14 at the skate park. <laughs> under the half pipe. Uh, Andy, I was briefly talking about it, talking to him, and Sorry, Andy, is... Andy from Drykov. Drykov, yep. yeah. Um, and he was telling me that um, he's from a town with two notorious serial killers. Oh, which ones? Um, I forget their names. Oh, so yeah, he could talk to. Is it? Um, is it's it two child killers. One was a doctor. Yeah, yeah. One was a doctor. Apparently, yeah. Oh, Howard Shipman. Yes, yes, that's what right, right, yeah. Howard, it's, he may be the most prolific serial killer who's ever lived. Actually, they they haven't. Why haven't heard? Because they. Why have you been hiding from us? <laughs> because we don't know. He could have killed like a thousand people. What do you know about him? Uh, I know he's been, he was officially convicted of about 30 or 40. But there are so many, because he was a doctor, and everyone who died, who was his patient, could potentially be killed by him. It's, yeah, potentially four figures. I wonder if it was like an Angel of Death situation, or more like yeah. a H.H. Holmes situation. Yeah, he's really like killing people. He's really, really like killing people. Is um, and he was a heroin addict for years or something. Getting high on his own supply. Yeah, and then he got everyone else on his supply and they died. At least he let them go uh, yeah, in he, a peaceful way. Yeah, he didn't like fashion or anything. He was always like, yeah, he just like kind of injected all the folks of morphine until they died. Do you know which you chose? I've heard the name. Apparently, uh, there's a movie being made. I've been looking at it for like two years now. I believe in our Fabrio is producing it or in it. I don't know. Uh, H.H. Holmes was in Chicago and around like the World Fair time. And he had like a. Forgive me for these details. I, they're very big. Um, 
Wait, was that the guy who had like a hotel? Yeah. He put a bunch of trapdoors. Yeah, people, like, yeah, that there guy. was like a whole like labyrinth yes. of people like being trapped and like um, I don't know what he did with like paying off or killing the workers so they wouldn't tell the police about this. Um, but like he had his own crematorium, so he was able to like get away with killing all these people um, and made them into cadavers and for science. So where are all these cadavers coming from? <laughs> I'm making myself. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Becky. Hi. Hello. How are this you? Is, this is Becky. Hey, we're, hi. We're, um, hi, Gareth. We're recording uh, um, an interview for a show. Oh, fine. Yeah. You, you're definitely editable. Everything can be cut. Yeah. Hi. What's that thing? Nice to meet you. Oh, you smell good. Oh, thanks. Hey, um, cutting back in. <laughs> Uh, we're here with uh, Becky from Roeburn Festival, which, if you know, is a really, really good festival here in the UK. Netherlands. Netherlands. Uh, the brain. <laughs> Four of these already. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Vic wanted us to talk something about a doom hag. Doomhag, am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah. Doomhag. I, I thought it'd be a good idea. Um, yeah, someone in Buffalo introduced me to it. I'm like, what is this thing? It's an online community where women and non-binary people could meet up online and talk about a lot of great things. And it, it's, it's mostly involved around like uh, harsh music or like aggressive music. And but the good the good part is that um, like you know over a thousand people in this group have uh, connected in real life. So you know people travel and wanna have made a lot of friends this way. So if you uh, are in a shitty metal group where uh, it's run by men about like women and like other people and music, you should definitely uh, leave that group and join the Doom Egg. Okay. Yeah. It is on Facebook or on yeah. so? If you search for the Doom Hag, the Doom Hag on Facebook, you'll find the group. It's a closed group, so you just have to request to join. And it's run by um, two, well, two, there's two girls that started it up, Olivia and Ilana. Ilana runs a super cool store uh, called Vinyl Fantasy in New York. Uh, good name, comics good name. And, right, yeah, comics are very good. And they set up this group, and it's awesome. There are Doomhag meetups all over the world. Damn. I should not be... Well, I, I don't quite meet the cr inclusion criteria, but um, I should stop posting on crappy meme uh, pages. Yeah. But you never know when you'll meet your new best friend on True. Uh, like a weird meme thing. That's true, yeah. I could, I could end up in an awesome band that way. <laughs> yeah. We were just discussing a band that met on a like Facebook shit posting group. And now they're in Maryland Death Fest, so. Oh, what are they called? Uh, Neckbeard Death Camp. Oh, I didn't know that's how they met. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah they met online. It makes sense. Yeah. It does. It does yeah. yeah. You start meme, you end meme. Yeah, true. <laughs> Do you want to wrap up? Sure. Yeah. Do you, um, what are you um, What are you working on next that you're excited about? Me? I'm going to interview you now. What? Sorry? I'm interviewing you now. What are you working on oh. that you're excited about? Okay, well, uh, next week we're going to be talking to a guy called Steve Anwill. Um, he's a writer out of Canada. Who just He's going to put out a book called Welfare on Christmas Day. It's on Tyra Books, it's amazing, and we're going to talk to him. Then we're going to talk to Tom Wyman, who is a philosopher and writer from the UK about the late and incredibly great Mark Fisher's posthumous collection, K-Punk. Uh, he's one of the greatest Marxist philosophers of the 21st century so far, after myself. And um, and unlike him, I'm not dead. So owned Mark Fisher. And um, yeah, then we got Christmas. Then my podcasting partner Langdon, who's not here, is going to take over the entire show for a month to talk exclusively about anime. That's a, a field you're not familiar with. I'm no, I'm very familiar with. Oh, you uh, are? But um, yeah, I, I suck. Uh, so I love anime. Just awful, awful human being. Um, 
But I'm going to be taking a break so I can write a book in a month. So, um, you can write a, book, a whole book in one month? Yeah, two weeks actually. I've taken two weeks off work. How, how long is the book going to be? Not long, novella. So, so not, not crazy. What's the book about? Okay, so. No, no, it's not a secret. Uh, okay, so imagine the show Friends. I've, I've lost half the possible readership already. But set in like a post capitalist utopian future. So, yeah. You know, if, if, they, if like, you know how they just like sit around coffee shops and, like this and just talk all day? Imagine if they could do that because there's no jobs or money. It, it's that, yeah. I mean, in some ways, it barely matters that they had jobs because they always had money. So. I know, they, they lived in beautiful apartments in Manhattan and had like. One of them was a waitress. Yeah. It's not possible. Uh, Ross was an archaeologist, but yeah, a paleontologist. A paleo. Oh god. Yeah. Callback. <laughs> That's a callback to. Callback. Yeah. Um, Still shitty. We were on a break. That's another thing he said. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Ross. Fuck Ross. Yeah, yeah Ross is the worst one. Chandler's oh. the worst. One. If if you watch it again, Chandler will. You'll hate Chandler. No, I think Ross is an emotional manipulator. He's he's horrible, but I think Chandler is a. Chandler's the bigger misogynist and homophobe of the group. Joey is pure. Yeah. I love Joey. Yeah, Joey's just Joey. Joey has, like, maybe has some, like, ignorance and, like, yeah. you know, um, some, like, womanizing tendencies, but, like, he's, like, he's hard to write. Yeah, and I feel like he said, you know that's bad when you just stick and you like, huh? And then you, you just you want to know what you did wrong. Yeah, like, fuck off, Joey. Okay, I'll do better. Chandler, Chandler, if he was in real life, would be a men's rights activist. 100%. Oh, no, that's such a depressing look. I mean, I think that's what Ross would be. Oh, him too, yeah. They're both being, like, the New York yeah. Proud Boys chapter together. So, do you think any of them have any redeeming features, apart from Joey? Apart from Joey, uh, I think uh, Phoebe is a solid, she be a solid comrade. Yeah. Uh, Rachel's not a bad person. I don't think she's a terrible human being. Yeah. She's just her, her whole like art of like being a rich spoiled brat and like to be self sufficient and you know like a good friend. Yeah. She's just she needs an extra push to become uh you know, insurrection anarchist possibly. Yeah. And then she'll like bomb Wall Street or something. Because <laughs> she's very she's very Actually, she will suicide bomb Blue yeah. <laughs> She'll just like open up a big like five hundred dollar Prada, five thousand dollar Prada jacket. Bombs in there. She'll like say something really revolutionary. Then just. Is this gonna be a character in your book? Uh, well, this is. Are po- we writing the book right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is good. We're we'll workshopping. We're workshopping. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, 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 this is all gold. So a girl named Rachel walks into <laughs> a post-apocalyptic. Uh, I didn't say apocalyptic. Post-post capitalist. She's just broken up with Ross. Yeah. Uh, and uh, cut his head off on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just. Yeah, full on like ISIS excuses. Carries it around on a stick to ward off other uh, shitty emotion, emotional dudes. Yeah. yeah. Emotional manipulative dudes. Gaslighting dudes. Yeah. Um, also, what's Hanukkah doing right now? Uh, I don't know, she's a really hard character to write. Mm. So just gonna shuffle her off somewhere. She could like. I, th- I think I quite like her. Like, she, she's neurotic, but she knows it. And... I don't know, I think I've got time for one of them. I think she would be resourceful in the event of a uh, post capitalist collapse. Uh, she would be able to take care of people. She'd be a really good home. I think, I mean, it was never addressed in the, the series, but I think she might be something of a doomsday prepper. So she's probably got like a bunker somewhere or like definitely like a lockup in like the city or outside the city where she's got loads of like jams yeah. and reserves. Yeah. And she's vacuum packed loads of food. Oh yeah, stick with Hanukkah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, ugly naked guy is dead, I guess. <laughs> oh, Gunther. He's our new leader. Yeah. <laughs> he just makes proclamations to his yeah. apartment while fully nude. Okay. Spread it away. Chandler was really shitty when it came to Janice. He's oh, yeah. He treated her like shit. Oh, yeah. Janice deserves better. Okay, yeah. Hashtag free Janice. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah. So what I think was not really addressed is like, obviously I get it that he thinks that she's quite full on and that's why he would end up in that situation. But like obviously he was shit to her, but like there must be something about Janice which is alluring. I don't know, like maybe like she's really good in bed or something that makes him go back. Because and then he's like, oh shit, what have I done? Okay, and oh no, I'm back here again. But like what are Janice's redeeming features? He never gives her like credit ever. It's just. Fine. I think it was subtext that she was like they were really hot for each other, and he was ashamed of that because mm. she was like um, so socially unacceptable yeah. when it came to like um, being a person. Was like she was just annoying. Yeah, they should have ended up together. No, yeah, the Monica Ross uh, Chandler thing was <laughs> the Monica Ross situation. Yeah, that that yeah, would the, be a full that would be the, a, like, a thing. The like subtext of incest. Was it? I I must have missed it. Yeah, I suspect. Really? Okay, I need to watch this again now. Do you not remember the one where they like go to like the New Year's Eve thing and they're like dancing together? I dance with. They wanted to go. No, I wouldn't ask my sisters though. No. Um, okay. Wow. Uh, in the car on the way here, um, Tanya and I and, and Lindsay, who's also with us, uh, we watched uh, Dead Set. We watched the first episode of Dead Set, which is like the Black Mirror. Charlie Brooker thing. It was before Black Black Mirror. Really? I didn't it's know you had a. It was set on the. It's supposed to be set on the set of Big Brother. Wow. Where it's like a zombie apocalypse happened as they're in the Big Brother house. That's hey. all I've seen. So it's far. probably on like. I, I didn't know this existed. I've been following Charlie Brooker for ages because I, I've stolen his writing style too much <laughs> whole cloth, but um. He's a damn good TV critic. Yeah. But, well, uh, you have to go and fill in this gap in your knowledge. Yeah. Maybe don't watch it before you write, though. No, okay. Because I don't want it to, like... Because your friend's post-apocalyptic thing is going to become zombies. Yeah. Or post-capitalism. And zombies are, are far, far over. They have gone. <laughs> Like, Walking Dead hasn't been good for, like, at least a decade now. Yeah. It feels like a decade. I've never liked zombies, though. I just, yeah. like, eh. eh. Over it. I have far too many nightmares about it to um, enjoy it. Like, you wouldn't enjoy something you wake up screaming about, like, three nights out of four. Oh, God. But, uh, you have nightmares about zombies? A lot, yeah. yeah. Quite a bit, yeah. Do Not... you believe in zombies? No. I mean, technically, there is that like uh, pufferfish venom in Haiti that like makes people just kind of zonk out, but um, that's not like a zombie. No, there would be no way zombies like don't work at all. They they would starve to death or dehydrate in a few days. Like they they can't work, you know. Yeah. Or they would eat each other. Why do you ever eat each other? I know. <laughs> um... You, you guys have like um, zombie uh, impersonator or like zombie uh, hunter impersonators here? We do, yeah. One of my friends did that for his uh, stag nights. They go with like paintball guns and like shoot pretend zombies. Yeah. And they have like foam batons that they hit like real human beings with. Uh, okay, that sounds like fun. It does. There, there's like this group that was like in my city and uh, I don't know how serious they were, but like they. Like, they were basically just like public outreach doomsday preppers where they're just like they had all the gear and stuff and they came to like uh, like events. Why do they want more people to be doomsday prepping? Like they it worked it would work better if it was just you. Because everyone's sheeple and they need to pop them like that. Well you see I see because we are not really prone to natural disasters in the UK, I see I've watched these T V programs about doomsday preppers and I've been quite jealous. So now we have Brexit, I think this is my chance to be a doomsday oh, yeah. prepper. You need that fire under your foot. Yeah, Ooh. and so basically I'm starting in December and I'm making the cupboard under my stairs into my do- in my Brexit cupboard. Oh, nice. And uh, I'm quite excited about it, but I'm really, and I have spoken about it, I think I've probably said it like on Twitter or something, but now I'm actually thinking I should probably stop talking about it because well, I don't I'm want gonna to know that you, I've yeah. got a cupboard full of like yeah. spaghetti. Okay. And what's your like is your plan you don't have to tell us where it is that's the thing she just but did. what's gonna just be did, yeah. what's gonna be in your doomsday a lot of cat closet. food oh yeah is that what you're gonna eat no that's i can't like the cat let the cat starve um well you see i have actually started making 
a list. Um, so there are some things where I'm taking it quite seriously because I, but I kind of figure that I probably don't need to survive for that long, but I just need to be more prepared than everybody else. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they reckon, well, there's all sorts of scenarios that have been like mooted about what would happen with Brexit and the worst case scenario is basically like we are completely unprepared and lorries just don't get into this country and there's like massive tailback and all this sort of dramatic stuff which I'm sure is primarily scaremongering but there's the chance that there'll be like no medicine, no like fresh food, all this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, getting all those sorts of things and uh, lots of cat food. So the cats, poor cats, you know. Well, yeah, can't let those guys starve there. Um, and, yeah, I generally, when I'm doing this, like, in the supermarket now, if I'm doing shopping, I, like, check the, like, use-by date on stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, six months, good one. I'll, I'll put that on the list. Well, that can go on my hard Brexit cupboard. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you put this other stuff in your soft Brexit cupboard. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, I just need to survive for like a week or two in cases of emergencies. Like, I'll still have salt, so oh, my food still tastes me. Or then if it's like, well, you know, hard Brexit, dire times, uh, that'll be food. It's fine. But then, and then I need like some flour and yeast so I can make bread. Uh, I, want, I don't want to buy like too much stuff. I want to buy ingredients. So we've got lots of rice and pasta, tinned tomatoes. Oh, yeah, good ones. My boyfriend's quite excited because I think he thinks that we can eat like spam and like meat out of tins and I'm like, no. Yeah. You can't do that if it's not the apocalypse. No. That's, uh... But then obviously, I, and I don't want to buy that because I don't want to eat that anyway. But um, uh, there is a chance that I'll do all this. Um, it's got to be stuff that I can use as well if we don't Brexit or the Brexit is not a disaster. So that I can just be like, well, it's fine. I've got like several kilograms of pasta. That's what I'm going to be eating for the next few months. Yeah. I have a question for you yeah. when it comes to Brexit. I know I was talking to a couple of people that it's going to be really difficult for vans to travel. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would yeah. imagine that's going to affect a lot of touring. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything is going to be worse. Yeah. Like, there's literally not an aspect of our lives that's not going to get a little bit worse because of Brexit. Like, I could potentially lose my job because of my company's very... What's your job? It involves robots, but, um, which could be good because we could have, you know, subdued masses with our robots in case of a Brexit, but, um... You could deliver, like, small food parcels with robots because they're yeah. angry, they take it out of a robot, not a human. True, true. Like, my family can't live on this tiny bowl of rice. Yeah, it's like, beep boop, I'm a robot, what do you do? What can I do? Um, exactly what I think robots should be programmed to do. I'll bring it up in the next uh, team meeting. Um, so, Walter, who does Robot, went to this exhibition in the Netherlands this week called Robot Love, which I think it's in Eindhoven. And um, I can show you actually, there's this um, robot lady that he said that people like reacted really badly. Like, so it, he went like it was like a staff day out for like the O13 venue where, where Robot is. And um, this woman is a robot. But she's like sat on the floor and she's basically crying and she's all upset and people respond really badly to it because they feel like they're being manipulated by this robot like because she looks so human look at her oh god and she cries and she gets really upset that's hideous and apparently like walter said oh i was the only one that like sat down next to her and put my arm around her but then i'd like, be scared of being bitten. he kind of like went with it and just was like oh she's sad and like he responded but the other people were annoyed because they responded as well and they got up like emotional seeing a lady sitting on the floor and crying she's a robot i love walter <laughs> walter's a good egg yeah, yeah he's one of those like five percent of people who wouldn't like electrocute someone to death in a um, psychological experiment, sounds like. Oh yeah, I don't think you do that. I probably would just find out what happens. So, it's a nice smell, for example. But um, but otherwise, yeah. So, um, yeah, Brexit, we're pretty doomed. Uh, but Canada gets free weed, so, you know. That's not going to save us. You'd be surprised. You know, a, a day with uh, yeah, loads of Canadian weed, versus day of Brexit, I'll take criminalization of weed over criminalization of abortions and sex work and 
sex education and uh, uh, the acknowledgement of the existence of trans people in Canada, which is happening under the premier. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. True that. Yeah. Take that leap back. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess on balance. Um, I thought that um, it's the empire where they're trying to criminalize abortion to the point that women can be sentenced to death if they try and have the legal abortion. I think so, yeah. And they're also saying that um, motherhood is a not just a, a right, but an obligation for all women. Oh, Oops, we got um, been joined by uh, KW of the uh, Devour Creatures. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gareth. Hey, KW, pleasure. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I gotta run downstairs and test my shit. Okay. Good. Let's do yeah. shit. I got one Transformers, so I can run a couple It was a nightmare. Oh, a We just tried to go buy one and we couldn't. So no. we're gonna try to snack one tomorrow. But right now it's uh, 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 so yeah, um, I'm sorry I haven't been pulled in t-shirts. Okay. I could have totally done that, but uh, it's... I'm lazy and selfish, so yeah, it happens. It's a take brain power. Thanks. Cool. That was a not at all veiled insult at all. <laughs> not that. That was just uh. Cool. No, like you're concentrating on interviewing. You can't pull t-shirts. I, I don't even know if this thing actually represents sound. I think it's just random lines. Is it It's just nothing. Don't, don't say anything for a minute and see what happens. Okay, yes, it does actually convert sound to lines. Good. Uh, but, yeah, so anything apart from the impending... Doom. Very much doom. That uh, you'd like to like to leave us with? Uh, have safe sex and um, use protection. Um, obviously, uh, keep getting abortions if you need to. Um, but you know, prepare. Oh, maybe we should stock in our like Brexit covers. Like in the in the states, that's what we we'll call all like, doom, doomsday prepping covers are now called Brexit covers. Um, yeah, just like you know, a lot of condoms and uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Plan B pills. Yeah. 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 People still need to fuck. Yeah. And, yeah. Don't uh, stop. Probably, they probably need to do it more. There's, There's there nothing a, else to I do. I know you're here. trying to finish, but I do just have one thing to say. But oh, apparently, yes. like when the weather is worse and like the things are depressing, more babies are born nine months later because people don't want to go out, so they kind of just stay in and I guess maybe have sad sex, but they stay in and they don't want to go out and party. So they, and I guess Brexit will make people just go and fuck this and stay at home. So then maybe, so it's going to happen in March. So basically, for this time next year, there'll be lots of babies being born. I think that's my prediction. Okay. Well, this is the uh, outro music, and uh, yes, yeah, there's some smooth, like, some smooth shit. It's like being a Tarantino film here. One of the good ones, like one of the two good ones. Yeah. Brad Pitt, Watson. I gotta go. He wasn't one of the two good ones. But uh, actually, Glorious Bastards was decent. I just watched that, so that's what I'm But uh, yeah, uh, so this has been your death sentence for this week. Uh, go and see Vile Creature if you've got the chance. They're really cool. Go to their bakery, eat some food with them. Uh, they're super nice. Go to Roban Festival if you're ever in the Netherlands. Uh, go to North Korea, maybe. Oh, wait, we did record that. Uh, that's, a, that's a reference to a bit. There was a whole thing about North Korea that I didn't record. Um, so it got redacted by North Korea. Yeah. It got edited because of the, the will of the great leader. And um, yeah, uh, come back next week.